You're listening to a teaching from Get the Word Out and Mary Jean Powers. For more information and audio content, visit www.getthewordout.cc. We've often heard the expression, we should worship God in spirit and in truth. Those words, spoken by Jesus, can be found in the Gospel of John. Here is John 4, 23 and 24 from the New King James Version. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Here it is from the Message Translation. But the time is coming, it has in fact come, when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. You know, God is, he is just not like us. For example, listen to this progression. First, God seeks worshipers. He woos us and draws us to himself. He reveals himself to us in his word, through his son, by his spirit, and in countless other ways. We then respond to this revelation of love and simply and honestly love him back. And then he receives our love and worship. He is so blessed by us that he blesses us for blessing him. He is definitely the more active one in this relationship, but he will not force us to respond to his love. He will not make us worship him. He initiates, he pursues, he blesses. We simply respond to his love. God is so unlike us. What kinds of worshipers is the Father seeking? According to these verses in John chapter 4, he seeks true worshipers, not false, true admirers who will cherish and treasure him. True worshipers will honor his supreme sovereignty and at the same time devotedly trust his intimacy. Father God seeks true worshipers who will worship him in harmony with the purity of truth. God is not interested in counterfeit relationships. He is neither impressed with nor deceived by our pretense. He will not be manipulated. He is not interested in religiously motivated ceremonies or rituals or offerings, but rather sincere honesty and openness, a relationship in which we conceal nothing but vulnerably expose our hearts to his. Worship is the attitude and the resulting action of wholeheartedly giving myself to God with my body, my soul, my spirit, my mind, with my will, and my emotions. So when we worship the God of the universe who sees us through the eyes of pure love, we should check our attitudes 
and see if any of our attitudes have become offensive actions. Sooner or later, all our attitudes will reveal themselves in our speech or our behavior. What is our attitude toward God, toward worship? It will always show in our words or in an action or a behavior or the lack thereof. To worship in truth is to worship in reality. To come to God honestly and openly, to come to Him with a sincere heart, an honest heart, willingly revealing ourselves, and humbly, openly wanting to see Him for who He really is. Father God is seeking true worshipers. Have you ever tried to lie to God? (laughs) Honesty makes us humble. When we see him for who he is, we love him and honor him and worship him and we praise him because we can't help it. But in light of his godness, we also see ourselves more clearly. We see ourselves for who we really are. We find ourselves when we worship him, the real us. We realize our place of honor in his heart and it humbles us. The price he paid for our redemption becomes very clear. Being being in the presence of truth himself casts a very real light on our place in Christ. Yes, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, as Paul teaches us in Ephesians 2, 6. But I am also undone by his holiness, as was Isaiah. Use your imagination for a minute and picture this scene from Isaiah 6. 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Yes, Isaiah was undone when he personally encountered God's holiness. I worship in the truth of who I am in Christ. The place from which I worship is that heavenly place of which Paul wrote. We most often see ourselves as worshiping from down here rather than around the throne. But I am truly home when I am with him. He is my home. Paul tells the church in Philippi that followers of Jesus have citizenship in heaven, around his throne, seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
that's where I belong. To worship is to go to God's presence and love him there. It's not just a thing we do, it's a place we go. God is the beginning and the end of our worship. He draws us to himself, makes himself accessible to us through the blood of Jesus, enables us to worship him, and then receives our worship as expressions of love and adoration and honor. There are prescribed acts of worship that are taught in the Bible, acceptable ways to worship God. Acceptable sacrifices of worship begin in the heart. They come from the heart, and then we express them in our actions and with our words. I remember the first time I lifted my hands to the Lord. I didn't focus much on the Lord because I was so self-conscious. I felt as though the whole world was looking at me, but that outward expression of lifting my hands to God in obedience at least broke down some pride and therefore became a humble expression of love that, I think, put a smile on God's face. Mature worship that comes from the heart and is expressed outwardly is not very conscious of self. Passion for Jesus demands expression We want to please the ones we love, right? Worship, it's a natural response when we see God for who he is. And the more we know him, the more we love him. We express our gratitude, our love and appreciation. We adore him there in that place of worship. I serve him because I love him. I obey him because I love him. I'm a good steward of my God-given talents because I love him. I'm generous because I love him. I care for my body, his temple, because I love him. These are actions of worship that come from the attitudes of heartfelt love. I believe that the place of worship is the place where the deepest human needs can be met. God meets us right where we are when we worship him. Even though we may feel lonely, depressed, or angry, unforgiving, and longing to be understood and seen and cared for, it's in worship where God faithfully meets us and he dispels our fears, heals our hurts, and even steers us away from temptation when we express our love for him, when we express his godness and his goodness. We all have times when we don't want to change. We want to feel depressed or melancholy. We don't want to forgive because we haven't completely expressed our hurt or anger against the one who hurt us. We want to feel sorry for ourselves, even manipulate other people with our self-pity. We don't want out. We, We don't want to learn to live free. The last thing in the world we want to do is literally stop in the middle of our self absorbed melancholy and worship God. Because if we do, we are faced with the reality that it's not really about me at all. Worship forces me to remember that God is greater. That life is still about knowing Him. But if we will stop, if we will worship God in the midst of our humanness, then perspective will come. Peace comes. Joy will come. Forgiveness comes. Jesus, Jesus comes. He comes to us. 
We cannot be in his presence and not be changed. But we must choose to be worshipers of God. When we put ourselves in his way to be seen in the light of his love, we will be changed there in his presence. And he will get the glory. And that's the point of worship. You've been listening to a teaching by Mary Jean Powers. If this teaching has ministered to or encouraged you and you'd like to donate, please visit www.getthewordout.cc.